Same Soul Productions presents The Rome Dialogue, Episode 2, The Colosseum. Our pacing and recording may not be the same as when you're actually there, so feel free to stop and pause when you need to. We won't be offended. The Colosseum is probably the most recognizable symbol of the city of Rome. Sometimes called the Flavian Amphitheater, after the three generations of emperors from the Flavian family who built it, it's still the largest amphitheater in the world. Originally, it was just called the Amphitheater, but eventually they started to call it the Amphitheater of the Colossus for the 100-foot bronze statue outside, which copied the pose of the Colossus of Rhodes. Don't get excited about trying to sneak a peek up his toga, though. You're not in Paris. You're not at the Moulin Rouge. The statue has been gone for a while now. It was originally of Nero. After Nero finished fiddling and the city finished burning, Nero took the best land in the city to expand his personal palace to a massive size with a colossal statue of himself at the front door. Kind of feels like he was compensating for something there. After Nero was killed, his successor flattened the palace and drained the lake that he had built to build a new freestanding amphitheater. The spot was chosen to prove that the new emperor was on the side of the people, and the statue was left to remind them how much they hated Nero and make them feel more powerful because they had toppled the evil Nero. Eventually, emperors started changing the faces of the statue to their own, with Constantine being the last to do so before the statue disappeared sometime in the Middle Ages. Now only the pillar to the west of the Colosseum remains, where the statue used to stand. The Colosseum itself was started somewhere between 70 and 75 AD and was funded by treasures taken from the sacking of Jerusalem and the looting of the temple. It was finished in 80 AD and stands 160 feet tall and a third of a mile around. The Romans were really great engineers, but they weren't so great at art. The building was mostly the natural white of limestone used to construct it with some brightly painted trim and painted statues of the gods between the arches of the two middle stories. The exterior arches are decorative and borrowed from the Greeks, kind of like everything else about it, with each layer displaying one of the three types of columns, starting with the simple Doric on the ground level, then Ionic, and complex Corinthian at the top. You can Google that shit if you want to figure it out. (laughs) The structural arches were made without any mortar by building a wooden scaffolding in the shape of the arch, and then once the keystone was in place, the whole arch could support even more weight. The pockmark holes that you can see on the exterior are where iron brackets used to hold blocks together in place before they were looted for the metal. Wooden beams at the top held canvas sails that sailors would hoist into place to provide shade for the spectators inside. The iconic lopsided exterior is because the outer section of the building collapsed during an earthquake in 1349. It's since been shored up, but the outer layer originally would have gone all the way around the building. Between 50 and 80,000 people could be seated inside. There were 80 entrances that allowed the entire crowd to enter or exit in 15 minutes. Those entrances were called vomitorium in Latin. Which is where the English word vomit comes from. It's an ironic, as an Alanis Morissette song, that the Romans referred to other people as barbaric, given the nature of their, air quote, games. Normal games would start in the morning with some light animal cruelty. 
forcing dogs to hunt porcupines or lions to hunt shell-shocked tribal prisoners. Around noon, criminals and prisoners would be executed, sometimes ritualistically and sometimes in dramatic plays or reenactments. We've all seen Gladiator. This was then followed by comedic relief, like fighting dwarves or animals eating cripples. I guess you had to be there to get the sense of humor. I'm glad I wasn't. <laughs> In the afternoon, there would be the main event, the gladiators. Most of the imagery here isn't too historically inaccurate, although the whole we who are about to die salute you and the thumbs up or thumbs down thing may or may not be true. The games were always free, though, and paid for by the rich to prove that the power of Rome and distract the mob. During the inauguration of the Colosseum in 80 AD, the games lasted 100 days, during which 2,000 men and 9,000 animals were killed. That means fans got a death every five minutes, and perfume had to be sprayed across the city to cover the stench. The movie Gladiator is actually set at the peak of the gladiatorial games, at which point the equivalent of $1.5 billion a year was being spent on gladiators alone. That doesn't even include the animal fights and the comedy killings. And remember, all of this was paid for by the upper class, so the lower classes could watch for free. Now, if you're not inside yet, save this next part until you make it inside the Colosseum. It'll make way more sense then. Now that you're inside, look at the floor of the arena. The interior floor has a ratio of 5 to 3. It would normally be covered in 9 inches of sand. Fun fact, the Latin word for sand is arena. That is a fun fact. Yeah, I know that. Early in its use, the Colosseum could be flooded to recreate naval battles and then quickly drained. There were 80 elevators hidden in the floor which could lift animals, warriors, or stage props into view instantly. Basically, imagine a Taylor Swift concert, but way bigger. The sides of the arena were lined with elephant tusks and archers to make sure everything that went in stayed in. On the north side of the Colosseum at ground level is a bronze cross. The Pope put this cross here to commemorate the Christians who were killed in the Colosseum. While it makes for a good story, there is absolutely no evidence that any Christians were ever actually killed in the Colosseum. Any Christians who were killed in Rome would have been killed in the Circus Maximus just south of here, or in Nero's Circus, which is in the Vatican City. That bronze cross does serve as a useful marker, though, because that's where the Emperor Box would have been. Just imagine Joaquin Phoenix sitting there, looking down at Russell Crowe, all melodramatically. It's a beautiful picture. An important part of why Rome was able to exist as it did for so long was because it had very distinct social classes. The class striation is physically visible in the layout of the Colosseum. The first level was for senators and other elites. This section is completely gone, except for a small portion that's been restored on the east side. So you'll have to use a little Daniel Tiger level of imagination. The second level, which you can still see portions of, was for the richest citizens. The third level, the last one that's visible, was for common citizens. And there was a fourth level, which, was, like, which were steep wooden bleachers that would have gone all the way up to the, that half-collapsed outer exterior. This section was for non-citizens, slaves and women. It may not seem important, but understanding this classism is critical to understanding how the Roman Empire was able to exist at all. Until the very end of the Roman Empire, there were surprisingly few people employed by the central government. Instead of relying on an army of bureaucrats, there was a strict social adhesion 
to the hierarchy that kept the massive empire functioning. To be Roman inherently meant that you always knew that someone was beneath you. Senators were better than the normal wealthy merchants, who were better than average citizens, who were better than slaves, who were better than gladiators, who were better than barbarians. The roles and ranks associated with this stratification was the very glue that held Roman society together. All right, bringing you back to the actual building around you. Around the interior, you can see lots of brick. These would have originally been covered in marble to match the white of the rest of the structure. There are brick columns throughout the structure, including large ones you can walk through on the ground level. These were framed by brick and the center filled with concrete, a pretty innovative design 2,000 years ago. Since the fall of Rome, parts of the Colosseum have been looted or collapsed. During the medieval era, shops were set up inside and underground, and in the underground passageways were used for cemeteries. In general, the structure has been protected from suffering the fate of many of ancient Rome's temples, mainly because the Catholic Church believed early Christians had been martyred here, and so they protected it more than other buildings. There are sometimes temporary exhibits set up in the Colosseum that you may or may not want to check out. And as always, exit through the gift shop. 